Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. This morning we'll be having a discussion around politics and the state of politics in both our state and nation. My guest will be Jeff Coleman when we return. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. I've been looking forward to this conversation with Jeff Coleman. And uh, before we get started, I just want to tell my listeners uh, on this show, we're big on transparency. So I just want to tell you that uh, during his campaign for lieutenant governor, I made a $125 donation to his bus tour, which I'm positive he'll be talking to us about. Um, But Jeff, I want to welcome you to Contact. Thanks for making time for us. Michael, thank you so much. And by the way, that $125 kept our our RV moving across Pennsylvania. It, it literally was the case where we had a vehicle that needed gas to keep the campaign moving. And when that $125 came in, we we got to fill up the tank. So it was very much appreciated. Oh, well, you're very welcome, sir. But we do like to tell people, you know, so they know. Um, the reason I gave is because I like the the message that you had for your campaign. I happen to know who you are, Jeff, but I'd like you to tell my listeners who who is Jeff Coleman. Well, part of my the part of my story that might be relevant is that in, in 1988, my dad, who was a, a Presbyterian pastor, took a pastorate uh, took a pulpit in uh, in Armstrong County in Apollo, which uh, by the time we had arrived there was already at the other end of a good economy. It really had begun to fall out, steel, uh, coal, everything in that region of southern Armstrong and southern Indiana County was was really just about gone. And today it's, as many people know, uh, one of those areas that's been so hard hit. But that's that's where my life in southwestern Pennsylvania started. Before that, we were missionaries uh, to the Philippines, where my mom is from, and uh, that was probably one of the more formative uh, experiences for me. Lived there during the overthrow of the first President Marcos through uh, through an election, and saw in the early 1980s the collapse of a dictatorship, and seeing people, many young people, but particularly people of faith, people who were motivated to be in politics by their faith, uh, get involved, uh, many for the first time, and replace a dictatorship with a democracy. So I came back, when when my life started in Western PA, uh, my my goal as a teenager was to get involved in politics, American politics, a lot different than Hmm. Filipino politics. Um, But what I hope I brought back then as a young person was a sense of, of energy and optimism and and principles, things I believed in, uh, and at the core of that was this, this very simple idea that every life has dignity, every life has value, every life deserves to be welcomed and protected by our laws. 
Um, so I ran, uh, went to Liberty University and uh, ran after Liberty uh, for the, the state house in a district that was, at the time, almost 70% Democrat. And for the first time, uh, the people of Armstrong in Indiana County elected a Republican and uh, served with people from your area like like Sam Smith and uh, people like Howard Fargo and others who were just before me. Um, but I had the privilege for a couple of terms of representing that area and uh, got married. We have four kids. Uh, I retired voluntarily from from active political life 17 uh, years ago now and then just returned uh, to run for lieutenant governor um, and I was on on the primary ballot this past May. Yes, quite quite a background, Jeff. And so just a few things. Um, like you, I always wanted to work in politics, and I'm glad that I got to in American politics. And I was also a missionary, Jeff, to Indonesia, which we'll talk about later. But wow. um, your campaign for lieutenant governor, I know it didn't yeah. go the way that you had hoped it did, but <clears throat> you handled it very graciously. But can you tell us like why you ran and and really at the heart of your campaign seemed to be very focused on um, civility, kindness, yeah, decency. I think that may have been the name of your tour actually. If you can expand upon that for us, I think that would yeah. be really good. Yeah, I'd be happy to. The the whole idea that American politics has really devolved into this almost rock-throwing contest. And, you know, we're, com- we're coming right. up on Thanksgiving, and I think almost every one of your listeners knows someone who probably would make Thanksgiving a little difficult if all of the members of the family were together. <laughs> now, that, that was not the case 20 or 30 years ago when people, you didn't ask somebody, because you didn't know often um, whether they were Republicans or Democrats, did you vote for Trump or Biden? Are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? Uh, where are you on LGBTQ issues? Where are you on CRT? But now, instead of just saying, I love you, we're family, uh, I hope you can make it to Thanksgiving, we're saying things like, did you see what he posted on Facebook? Or did you see what, you know, who, that, who he's with or who she's with and what they're doing? So what's happening is this community sense of spirit, national unity, is fragmented into lots of little pieces. Every little tribe has a little flag with a bunch of acronyms, and we think, well, it's just only the progressives. They're the ones who are asking people to identify their pronouns, or they're the ones who are asking to be identified by you know, a particular sect or belief. But think about it. On our side, on the conservative side, we're divided by denomination, we're divided by race often. We're divided by where we went to school. We're divided by how, who we listen to. Are we Fox News people? Or are we OAN people? Or are we Newsmax people? Or are we talk radio people? So into this moment, Michael, I thought it was very important to talk about a foundational principle, one principle, that is if you are someone, especially people who identify as Christian who believes that people are made in the image of God and deserve dignity and respect, if you are pro-life, if you say that an unborn life is vulnerable and deserves to be protected, that really does change the way that you approach politics. You do not treat people as an enemy to be defeated. You treat people as people, 
and hopefully persuade them with graciousness, with kindness, with love, that your position is right. Look, I know many people are hearing this are saying, well, that's, that's just very Pollyannish. You know, that's very naive. Mm. They want to destroy us. They want to kill us. They want to destroy our country, our way of life. But what I'm saying, if you go all the way back to the beginning of where people who identify as Christians um, uh, derive our sense of purpose, a very simple idea, and that is how are we, how would people know that you're a Christian? Well, here you go. You know, do you have the fruits of the Spirit? Are you, are you loving? Are you joyful? Are you gentle? Are you meek? Are you self-controlled? And often the answer to that question is no. We're, we're warriors, and the Christian way was fine for Jesus, for the disciples, but for us, we're in America, we have to put all of those virtues aside. Our campaign was a very simple idea that you could go in with very strong convictions and beliefs uh, but not have to do it to destroy the other side. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. It's one reason, well, it is the reason, really, why I wanted you on. I have worked in politics, uh, like you, for a very long time now, probably 20 years. Um, mm. At least Jeff have been all over this country on many campaigns. It just seems to be getting uglier and uglier. Do you feel that, and do you think, like... Can we can we talk about that and how you think we yeah. move forward to get away from that? Yeah, we, it is getting uglier, and it is not. I know people say, but but Jeff, remember in the history we used to have duels. You know, remember Aaron Burr and right. Hamilton, and you had these very partisan newspapers at the beginning. Yes, of course we did. But the norm was not having everyone almost in the same way that you see. Uh, Arabs and Jews in the Middle East, other places where there are hard divides, where people literally say, I don't believe you are worthy of respect. In fact, I'm not even going to use your name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a name for you that mocks a characteristic about you. And I'm not speaking about one person in particular. This is both sides. Both sides are basically saying, I don't think you deserve to be heard, speak on my campus, speak in my neighborhood. I don't think you, in fact, I don't care what your mother named you. I'm going to call you this. And, and we're at this point in our culture where you say, how, how, where do we actually convince people? Why do we have elections that continually end up 46, 47, 48 on one side, 46, 47, 48 on the other side? Why? Because the political consultants know where to find the exact number of voters they know how anxious they have to be. The, the politician has a decision to make. Every time the politician goes in front of an audience, if they're good, they can sense the mood and the attitude of that audience. They know generally that people who are coming to a political event are probably often not people who they're finding significance in many ways in politics, not in their church, not in their family not maybe perhaps in their business. Politics is the last resort, the place where they think they can take the country back on both sides. So the politician senses there's fear, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's opioids and fentanyl and suicides, and all of those things come into the room. The politician stands in front of the room and says, I'm going to fix it. Just elect me, and I'll fix it for you. We're going to 
knock some heads together. We're going to defeat the other side, and the country will be back to the way it was, a progressive dream or a conservative dream. And that's, that is why the divide is, it continues to widen, because the leaders that we're choosing to step into the arena are really singing a song that is a very dark song and not reminding people what it means to be an American, to be an American citizen, what are the virtues of, of belonging to this country. And that's, that's in so many ways why it is getting, in many ways, worse. Yeah, no, I, I completely hear what you're saying, and I feel that very same way. For me, it seems like I was really young, and I, I'll be honest, I was a strange child. I loved politics, Jeff, so my favorite president in modern times is Ronald Reagan. I can yeah. see Reagan and Tip O'Neill literally sitting down and having a real discussion, a grown-up right. discussion, if you will, about the the direction of our nation and how to get a, a bill through uh, to, for a new law. I just feel like we don't do that anymore. I, I guess the next example would be Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich sitting down and getting something done on welfare reform, bringing it back to like Pennsylvania. Do you, yeah. do you see that with our leaders? Or do you just so, see more name-calling? there and, are a handful of people. Yeah. I, I was at Michael at dinner the other night, and a guy walked up to me. Uh, this, this was Monday night at the Pennsylvania Chamber dinner. Mm-hmm. And he said some very nice things uh, about my campaign, but that wasn't the point. What he said was, I ran a campaign without attacking the other side. Right. And he said, and by the way, they attacked me heavily. I mean, they were, they were ugly. They were below the belt. This guy owns a gun range, and his opponent, who was also uh, a Republican, was trying to say that he was anti-gun. His, I mean, his brother was a, a war hero, oh, and, and he literally miscast everything. At one point in his career, he gave $75 to a Democrat. He wasn't even involved in politics. This was like 20 years ago. And the mailer that came out said that he was, he was writing checks and funding Democrats and, you know, their progressive woke agenda and all that. Hmm. And the public says, oh, I don't know who to believe. But guess what? Because he ran a campaign about who he was and not who he was against, people said, you know what? I'm for him. And he won, and he doesn't have an opponent, and he's going to be in the House in January. And then the same thing, there was another guy who sat next to me, said, Jeff, I ran a campaign, didn't attack my opponents, I was honorable. My opponent, who I defeated, won't talk to me, won't return my calls, but I'm going to continue to reach out and build a relationship and a friendship. That's, so there are people all over. The problem is the money isn't in campaigns like that. The reason you see campaigns costing, as you know, Michael, as a longtime uh, participant in this, the consultants are selling these plans to candidates that cost that your campaign will cost twenty, thirty million dollars and I'll guarantee you a win. And they're spending their inheritance, they're mortgaging their house to run for office, and they're putting on elaborate rallies and putting up elaborate commercials. But the result, dollar for dollar, is that they are not winning and often losing in an embarrassing way. So it isn't doesn't have to do with the the money. We always think that money drives politics. Somebody has got to say, look, it isn't about the money. We have access to people's opinions and values based on what they say online. And as long as 
as they're talking to reporters and being open and honest and taking debates and saying yes to discussions, you don't have to spend these elaborate sums of money anymore. But you do have to show up, and you do have to have a vision that's compelling, and you do have to be willing to turn out and turn off the voices that say, in order to win, you're going to have to go below the belt. Mm. And when it's all over, you can go back to being a good person again. It doesn't work that way in in real life or politics. Right. Uh, And I would agree with that. I think um, sometimes people feel like, for whatever reason, Jeff, Politics is somehow different than real life, and it's just not true. Um, well, well, think about it, Michael. If we went to the grocery store and uh, you, know, you saw somebody at the grocery store and they had a Biden button or a Trump, Trump hat on, <laughs> and you just went up to them and they were working, maybe stocking the shelves or working behind the meat counter, and you said, you're good for nothing, worthless, you know, I know what you want, and you want to bring the aliens across the border, and you want to... We, 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 we can't do that in real life. We can't do that when we walk into church on Sunday morning and just say, hey, I saw your bumper sticker out there, and, and start a fight. So every other environment, we act like normal, decent human beings, and the rules still apply. When you get to politics, you say, oh, that's the only place where we don't have to act like adults. We can call each other names. We can throw rocks from afar, all of these things about, you know, love your enemies and bless those that curse you and all of that scripture, that doesn't apply because politics has a special set of rules. That's what we've said, and that's what we have to change. Completely agree, and I think that's an excellent point. This conversation is going fast, Jeff. A couple of things. I'd like to get your thoughts on on our uh, the election coming up in Pennsylvania, what yeah. you think is going to happen? I'm not asking you to make a prediction or anything, but if you can give like your thoughts on the race, I mean, obviously, Mastriano and Shapiro looks like uh, Shapiro's got the upper hand there at least currently, maybe double digits, maybe a little less. Uh, poll came out yeah. today on Politics PA that says Oz and Fetterman. That's uh, almost dead even, it seems. Yeah, depending on who you which poll you look at. I, I never, you know, I never say it's over for anyone, and but it does require, I think, for Senator Mastriano, it does require a fresh look at how his message is getting out. He has certainly reached uh, Jefferson County and Armstrong and Indiana and Butler, and and he's going to win by seventy-five, eighty percent in those areas. Right. He hasn't yet convinced people who live a different kind of life perhaps share the same core values about about raising children, about paying taxes, about having safe streets and communities. He hasn't had a different or a, a targeted message for them. And my advice, which which is, is public to him, is take the interview. When the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Inquirer calls you or the Post-Gazette calls you, and you say, well, I don't talk to newspapers or the, or the Meadville paper calls you, uh, or the Punxsutawney spirit calls you, whoever calls you, take the call. And when you take the call, they may be antagonistic. They may have an unfair, they might ask you whether you're a white nationalist or a white supremacist or a Christian, whatever. Take the call and then respond in grace and with calm and with dignity, and and you will have a fair and balanced article, because these are reporters who live in Pennsylvania, they go to church, they, they uh, go to the county fair, you see them at the grocery store, you know who they are, 
and they will not write a story that is a hit job like MSNBC might or some of the, or CNN. They really are going to have the best interest they can. So my advice is, in the last four weeks of the campaign, take all the interviews you can, get all the free press you can, and then challenge and accept a debate from Josh Shapiro, no moderator, an hour and a half, audience-submitted questions, just hand the card over. If you want to take the question, great. If not, or like Lincoln and Douglas, just ask the other side a question and then let them answer. Nobody. No moderator and no media sponsor would change everything. I think that's excellent advice. Jeff, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, you have about three minutes with us left. It went fast this morning, sir. We'll be back after it. this message. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement, having a great political discussion with my friend Jeff Coleman, who was a former candidate for lieutenant governor, gave some great advice before we took our break. So if the Mastriano campaign is listening, that was really good free advice. Uh, Jeff, we have about three minutes left, sir. I know we didn't get to everything I wanted to. I know you went to Israel recently, and we'll let you finish up with the last three minutes. Well, first, thank you for having me. This has been just a special privilege, and thank you for your heart and for caring about politics and, and wanting to change it. If if your voice continues to be amplified and people in, in this listening area say, I can do it, I can change politics, there's, there's a lot of hope. Um, when I went to Israel a few weeks ago, it was a trip to look at the security concerns of Israel, um, where they're situated with next to Iran and, and these other uh, actors and proxy actors that have really created an unstable region. This is what they call a one-bomb state. One bomb would destroy Israel, which is about the size of, um, of New Jersey. But what I came away from that feeling, meeting Palestinians and Jews, is, and hearing, I asked one, one of the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force soldiers, they said, do you have any Palestinian friends? And the answer was, no, there's no, there's no way to have friendships, because there's literally a wall separating the West Bank and Gaza from the rest of Israel. And I thought, that is so close to the way that we are now in America talking about, do you know any Democrats? Do you know any people who are different than you? Hmm. If, you're, if you're a person who is a Christian, and, and you believe in the power of the gospel to transform lives, You'd, you'd better be engaging with people who don't have the same beliefs as you, and you better be in the marketplace of ideas where those are the only places ideas can be tested and the only place where they can come under scrutiny. Our ideas, we believe in them politically. Um, we believe that conservatives have, have ideas and solutions for people's lives. But if we stop debating, we shut down uh, the, the exporting of ideas out to people who don't agree with us, we're going to be talking to ourselves, and then we'll continue to have a divided country. I think it's worth fighting for Pennsylvania, and it's worth 
uh, having a debate of ideas because I think we win in the end. Uh, absolutely. And Jeff, uh, I know we're almost out of time. I want to thank you for coming on, making the time for this discussion. I think it's an extremely important discussion in our state and nation. But sir, thank you again for your time. And uh, we're just grateful for your friendship on this show. And we hope to have you back someday. Well, I'm thankful for your friendship, Michael, and thank you for what you're doing. Stay the course, my friend. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, we'll see you next week on Contact on Connect FM.